I guess I should have thought about this before, and I think I may have thought a little bit about it, but I didn't. And, and perhaps you have realized this. When you realize when you turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, you only read two chapters in the book talking about those beautiful things that God created. He created the stars and the moon and the earth and the seas and all the things that are in the sea, the birds of the air, the animals that are created. He created man in, in those first two chapters. But it doesn't only take until the third chapter that we're introduced to Satan. Only the third chapter in the Bible we're introduced to Satan and find out exactly what, uh, how he gets into the hearts of men and how he twists those things that God has said and turns them in such a way to turn men against God. In fact, it's only one more chapter that you read that he gets into the heart of Cain and he uh, develops that hatred in the heart of Cain to the point that Cain rises up and kills his brother Abel. Satan is, is a force that we have to deal with. He's a force that we... They had to deal with from almost the very beginning of time. Uh, he gets them, Adam and Eve, thrown out of the Garden of Eden because of their disobedience to God. So Satan is a force to, to deal with in our, in our lives today, too. We find uh, that the wise man Solomon, in his word, he writes about so many things. We talked earlier in our study about the book of Proverbs is a book about, about relationships. And it's, it's a book that we find that it's not, it's not full of devotional material. There's no history in the book about, uh, about God's people. There's no heroes mentioned in the book of, in the book of Proverbs. But it's a book about relationships. So it's gonna, it's talked to us already about several kinds of relationships that we have with one another. Tonight is no different. Uh, tonight, uh, the wise men in the book of Proverbs and the Willick together, we're gonna see a comparison of two different types of women that, that Proverbs writes about. Uh, in, in chapter 2 of the book of Proverbs, verse 16, he writes about an immoral woman. And then when you get, turn over to the final chapter, chapter 31, he writes about a virtuous woman. And so uh, throughout the book, we're going to look at a number of verses tonight actually contrasting those two women, a virtuous woman and an immoral woman. So wisdom is, is, gives us the ability to see and choose what is best. When it comes to women, Proverbs distinguishes between the following. For instance, we're going to see a comparison between uh, beauty and reverence. We're going to see uh, a comparison of excellence and shame, or actually the difference between excellence and shame. We'll see uh, a verse that talks about diligence versus idleness. And then, of course, we'll see good versus evil throughout the book. So we're going to take a look at the, some of these verses together and, and think about these. Concerning beauty versus reverence, in Proverbs chapter 31, which, of course, is the chapter about the virtuous woman, in verse 30 of verse 31, we read this, this words, Charm is deceitful. And beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. So you see in that particular verse, you see the two different type of women that Proverbs is talking about. One who uses her charm 
her beauty to be deceitful. And, and he also points out that her beauty is passive. It's not going to be something that lingers forever. But it's the, the, the part of the woman that stays, that, that is uh, to be looked at and observed and appreciated once is the one who fears the Lord and one who uh, it sh- she'll be praised. She'll be praised not only by her family, by her husband, by her children, but by the world, the people she lived, lived uh, with in the world. <clears throat> in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4, the wise men wrote, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones. Once again, two different type of women contrasted here. One who, uh, as an excellent wife, meaning what? She stays home, she takes care of her children, she takes care of her husband, she takes care of the house. She does all those things that a good mom and wife should do. She's the crown of her husband. He talks about her. He, he talks about how well she does in taking care of the family. But one who doesn't do that, one who is, as does the shameful things, is going to cause nothing but heartache and sorrow to her husband and to those around about her. In, in the same chapter, chapter 31, verse 27, he, talking about the virtuous woman, he writes, She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Uh, the wise men in talking about that virtuous woman talked about one who will be busy with her hands, doing those things that she needs to do in her household to take care of her own family, her children, her husband, and all those things that she would be doing as a wife to, to, uh, in her place in the world. And in chapter 31, also in verse 12, we find that she does, not, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. <clears throat> So the virtuous woman is one that will say the right things about her husband. The one who will praise her husband will do him good and will not do him evil, will not be deceitful, will not be doing things behind his back or something that he would be ashamed of. When you go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, looking at the things that God had created, we know the story, Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 18, all the way to the close of the chapter, how that God had created the world and everything in it. And every time he had something that he created, the Bible says, and it was good. And it was good. Even to the point of of creating man, he looked at the creation of man and said it was good. But he soon discovered that it was not good for man to be alone. So he creates a helpmeet for him, and he creates woman. So if you turn over to Genesis chapter 2, let's take a look at that just together for a few moments. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Uh, Yeah, that is the close of the chapter. He says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper compatible to him. And out of the ground the Lord uh, God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called the living creatures, that was its name. So Adam gave name to all the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took uh, one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. And then the rib which the Lord had taken 
from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to man. And he said, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So, again, Proverbs chapter 18, verse uh, chapter 20, verse 22 of chapter 18 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains, obtains favor with the Lord. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, whenever God looked at Adam in the garden and saw that he didn't find anyone comparable to him, he created woman. He created woman to be the helper of man, to walk by his, by his side, to help him in times of need, to take care of him, and for him to take care of her. In Proverbs, uh, so it, it, when you think about this, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8 and 14, we read, Houses and riches are inheritance from the Father, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife. A prudent wife, uh, the, the word prudent comes from the Hebrew word sakal, S-A-K-A-L, and it means a person who is thoughtful, a person who is circumspect, who is intelligent, showing restraint in behavior, and wise. So we find that, that, that it says, a prudent, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So where does she learn? Those kind of qualities. He learns those uh, from, from the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, uh, we find, you know, we find that one verse that says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far is worth far more than rubies. The word virtuous, talking about that virtuous wife, is actually from the Hebrew also from the word C-H-A-Y-I-L, Shail. And it, it's a word that means Excellent, valuable, strong, of good substance. Uh, it also re- refers to mighty men of valor. I don't know if you know this or not, if you ever realized this, but in the entire Old Testament, there's only one woman who is deemed as virtuous. You know who that was? Only one woman out of the entire Old Testament that, that, that is said that she was virtuous. It was Ruth. If you turn to Ruth chapter 3 and verse 11, you'll find that 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 was said of Ruth, that she was a virtuous woman. So the the general types of women we find in Proverbs are those who are an asset uh, to their husband, to their family, to their friends, and a blessing to their families and those who are not. So we're going to spend a few minutes tonight talking about both kinds of women and We'll spend a few minutes talking about that. In, in Proverbs, first off, we're going to take a look at women who do not bless their families, who are not virtuous, women who are, uh, are anything but that. And so Proverbs chapter 9, verse 13 says, A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. That word clamorous, to clamor means to be in an uproar, to have the attitude that I'm going to give so-and-so a piece of my mind and, and I, have, I have an in-your-face demeanor. Uh, as a, this is a, so you might think about 
And some of you may have seen some of the shows from Jerry Springer. I, 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 that was daytime television. I never saw that. But I heard some, some of the things that were there. And you remember some of the women that he would bring on that show and the fights they would cause and the disturbances they would cause and stuff like that? Well, that's the type of woman that's, that's deemed as a clamorous woman, one who is foolish, uh, one who is simple, and one who knows nothing. Uh, a woman who, who uh, a, a truly a wise woman does show restraint uh, even when she is angry. So, you know, we have, again, that contrast from those who are angry and don't mind letting you or anybody else know about it. And they just make a big show of everything and they create a lot of uproar and a lot of, a lot of disturbances. Another thing that we find out about those women who are not uh, are blessed to their family is the fact that they lack discretion. They lack discretion. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 22 I think about this just for a moment. You'll think, well, that's that would be silly. A ring, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Well, every one of us would take and say, well, that would be foolish to put a ring of gold in a pig's nose. Well, that would be just the silliest thing you ever saw. But yet the wise man says that a... a um, a, a, a lovely woman who lacks discretion is just as bad as seeing that, that gold ring in a pig's nose. It just doesn't fit. It's just, it's just not right. Discretion means one who has taste, uh, who, has, uh, who uh, knows to dress modestly, restrains herself in speech, dress, and behavior. So that's the kind of woman uh, who would be a virtuous woman. Another thing that we find out about women uh, who are not an asset to their family or to their friends or to the church are ones who would actually spend their time tearing down and destroying rather than building up. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, we read that a wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. So look at the contrast in those words. One who builds and one who tears down. So you think about someone who builds. You build a house on a firm foundation. And a wise woman will be sure that her house is built on a good foundation on those things that she knows, uh, the things that she has learned from God's word and doing those things that a Christian should do. She spends her time taking care of those things that might be broken in her household. And then she's going to spend her time to nourish and take care of her children, her husband, and, and those things that need her care. But on the other hand, uh, the woman who lacks discretion, the woman who is not an asset to her family, is one who will do pretty much whatever she can or whatever she wants to, spend her time in not building up but tearing down, overthrowing, pulling down, ruining, or destroying uh, that which is important. Uh, one of the one of the primary means of building up or plucking down is 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 the way that we use our words and the very words that we use out of our mouth. So stop and think about we've talked about words before to ask ourselves, you know, is, is what I'm fixing to say going to be beneficial? Is what I'm wanting to say going to be helpful? Or is what I'm going to say 
it's going to be mean-spirited? Is it going to be hurtful? What is it going to be? We need to spend time thinking about those things that we say. Does the things that I want to say and talk about, is it going to nourish people? Is it going to be healing? Is it going to help people in time of need or in time of hurt? Is it going to be something that will repair uh, or set our family or uh, on a firm foundation? Is it going to help to build that firm foundation? Or is it going to be something, again, that with the very words that we speak, that we can tear down things, tear down our foundation, tear down our houses? There doesn't seem to be any third option. With our words, either we're either going to be strong, choosing the right words, saying the right thing, and being helpful, or we're going to be destructive with our words. And, and the choice is ours. The choice is ours. We need to think about those things that we say. The, the book, the writer of Proverbs spends a lot of time talking about a contentious woman. A contentious woman. A contentious person is someone who's argumentative, uh, who, who's considered a brawling person, someone who is a nagging person, who has a complaining spirit. Okay. This is a person who expects the worst in people and is glad when the worst is confirmed. That's the kind of person we're talking about here. So listen to some of the verses that come from the book of Proverbs concerning a contentious woman. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 13, the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. I, I think that we've looked at verses like this before, but I think all of us realize and know how very annoying a dripping faucet is. How very annoying that is. There's something that just... Uh, you know, it just drives us crazy. We see it, we hear it, uh, and we think we ought to fix that, and sometimes we don't. It just continues to drip, and the longer it drips, the longer it, it bothers us. In, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9, uh, we are told, Better it is to dwell in the corner of a housetop than it is into a house shared with a contentious woman. Again, a contentious woman, someone who's argumentative, brawling, nagging, has a complaining spirit, expects the worst in people. Can you just imagine spending your life with someone like that? It would be a very difficult time. In chapter 21, verse 19, the writer says, Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. So I think the writer is saying, hey, it'd be better off living out in the desert by yourself in the wilderness than live with someone like that who is always complaining, always tearing down, always uh, looking for the worst in people and expecting to find it, that sort of thing. And in Proverbs chapter 27, verses 15 and 16, uh, again, we have a, a, an analysis of a continual dripping on a rainy day and a contentious woman are very much alike. Uh, whoever restrains... Uh, rest Restrains her, restrains the wind, and grasps oil with his hand. So how, how do you restrain from the wind? How do you restrain the wind? You can't restrain the wind. And so it's going to be the same thing with the contentious woman. Or how do you grasp oil? Have you ever thought about trying to grab hold of oil and hold on to it? No, it's just something that's going to slip through your hands and just make a mess of things. So he says that, that, that continual nagging. That continual uh, complaining, uh, that continual, that type of speech is, is, is 
what you might find from a contentious woman and from someone who is uh, not going to build her family up or build a good, strong foundation, and she's not going to bless her family. Here's a point made. that Some families are dying of Chinese water torture. Have you ever heard of Chinese water torture and how that's designed to drive a person crazy? Uh, so we, we do not bless our homes, uh, and women who are contentious do not bless their homes or build up their families or make their children stronger or help their husbands through life. So that's one kind of woman the book of Proverbs writes about. What about the other kind? Well, for the other kind, we turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 31, the last chapter, when he talks about uh, that virtuous woman. It's probably the best available commentary. Uh, that chapter 31 is probably the best available commentary we have on Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, which says, A wise woman builds her house. A wise woman builds her house. So as we turn to chapter 31, let's look together at those things that we might find that, a wise, that this particular wise woman did do in taking care of her family. So from Proverbs chapter 31, and I think it, it's not the entire chapter, but it begins, I think, with about verse 31. I'm sorry, verse uh, 10, I think. Yeah. So turn, if you will, to the book of Proverbs uh, chapter 31, starting to look at verse 10. And what we want to look at here together for the next few minutes are those characteristics that you might find in a virtuous woman Someone who blesses her family, someone who honors her husband, someone who takes care of her children, someone who builds up her house and builds a firm foundation. So listen to these words from Solomon, uh, um, from the wise men in chapter 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? And we've already read, for her worth is, is far above rubies. You take something even as precious as a ruby. And, and, and the wise man says, certainly rubies are good, and they're, they're, they're a treasure, and they're worth a lot. But you know what? They're not worth nearly as much as a virtuous woman to her husband or to her family. She's worth far more than those rubies are. In verse 11, we read, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. We think about that trust factor in a marriage. How important is that? How important is a husband trust that a, that a husband trusts his wife? And, and how about this? How about turning it around? How important is the woman uh, that trusts her husband? That has that has that has to build a stronger marriage when that trust factor is there, right? Uh, so in in verse eleven, he says, "The heart of her husband safely trusts her." And so it goes on to say, so he will have no lack of gain. He will have the opportunity to gain, uh, to work for his family, to provide for his family. Why? Because he trusts and knows that his wife is at home taking care of business there, taking care of the children, taking care of the house, taking care of all those things. <clears throat> uh, verse 12 points another factor that we would find in a virtuous woman. And that's the fact that she is, uh, uh, look at verse 12. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. 
which, which points out the fact if she does her husband good, you would note that she is kind. She is kind to her husband. She loves her husband. And she wants what's best for him. She's going to do those things that she needs to do on her part to make him the kind of man he wants to be and that he should be all the days of her life. In verse 13, he points out that she's a woman who's not afraid of work. She's not afraid of work. <clears throat> In verse 13, it says, She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Willingly works with her hands. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty. She's not afraid to do the kind of work that needs to be done in the house, whether it's darning the socks or washing the dishes or, or anything else that a woman does in her home to take care of it. A couple of other uh, things that we learned concerning that virtuous woman. In verse 14, and I'm going to have to apologize for my voice because this is what it's been doing all day long. It's strong for a little while, and then it starts to fade away. And that's, that's my allergies coming into play. <clears throat> Verse 14 points out that she goes the extra mile in providing good things for her house. She is like a merchant ship. She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. So whatever it takes, whatever it takes to take care of her family, if it's a... As a matter of fact, we find out that this particular woman in chapter 31 is one who goes out and sells, buys land and sells land, and she's using this money to help provide for her family and to also to support her husband. So she's not afraid to go that extra mile. Whatever it takes, she's going to put her family first. She's going to put her husband's well-being ahead of hers and do everything that needs to be done to make him, again, be the kind of man a God-fearing man that he wants to be. Verse 16 points out that she is good. Uh, she is a good financial steward. Uh, she's enterprising and she's prudent. Look at verse 16. Uh, she considers a field and she buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. So here's, here's a woman who's, again, looking out for her family financially. Uh, whatever... Again, whatever it takes. She's not afraid to work with her hands. She's not afraid to do those things that other women might shy away from. No, I don't want to have any part of that. She just goes right in there, and she does that for the betterment of her family, for the betterment of her children, for her husband. In verses 18, uh, verse 17, we find out that she is energetic, and she's an excellent worker. She girds herself with strength, and strengthens her arms. Again, she's, she's not afraid of work. She's not afraid of rolling up her sleeves, so to speak, and doing whatever needs to be done. In, in verses uh, 18 and 19, it points out the fact that this is a woman who is diligent. She starts a task and she sees it through. She doesn't stop anywhere along the way, but she makes sure it's done to the nth degree. Listen to verse 18 and 19. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Uh, she stretched out her hands to the distaff uh, and her hand holds the spindle. So I don't know what a distaff is, but whatever it is, she's doing that too, right? That needs to be taken care of. So she's diligent. She's, she's, she's uh, focused. She's not afraid of hard work. She's going to say, okay, this is, this is my task 
to do. And I'm going to do it. Why? Well, she does it for her family. She does it for her love for her husband. She does it to be the, the woman of God that we're taught that she should be, that we should strive to be. In, in verse 20, it points out the fact that she, she is all of those things, and on top of that, she is a person who is generous. It says, she extends her hand to the poor, yet she rece- yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. I, I can only imagine, as, as you can too, that in the day when this was written, back in the Old Testament, there were plenty of folks who were needy, just like we have needy folks today. We have people who need help from time to time. And she was one who was not afraid to give to those who were in need. She would give to the poor. She's, she's worked with her hands. She's earned money. It's, it's, it's hers to help with her family, but it's hers also to help with those who are in need and those who need the help. In, in verse 22, uh, we point out that she is, she is elegant, okay? She is elegant. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Here's, here's a woman who knows how to dress. Here's a woman who dresses not to be showy, not to be a showing off, but she dresses with discretion. She dresses with modesty, but she dresses in, in the finest clothes. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing, the clothing she's probably made with her own hands. Maybe she spun the cloth herself. She uses her time to make those clothes to be a kind of woman that would make her husband proud. To proud to walk by her side and to have her called, be called his wife. <clears throat> Verse 23 points out that she, she is a woman of influence. A woman of influence. Her husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So here, here's her husband sitting at the city gates with those older men of the city and they're, they're uh, expressing their knowledge, telling their stale. I don't know what they did at the city gate, whatever they do. But they're there. But you know what they're going to talk about? They're going to talk about his wife and what kind of a wife she is. How that she does take care of her children. How she is the virtuous woman. How she's not afraid of work. How she gives to the poor and she shares with her family. How she raises her own food. She spins her own cloth. She makes her own clothes. Those women, those men uh, at the gate are going to look at his wife and they're probably going to be a little bit jealous. They're probably going to be a little bit jealous. They may be living with one of those contentious women. I don't know. We don't know for sure. So she has influence from among those. Uh, Verse 24 points out that she is industrious. Okay. Uh, We've already talked about that. In verse 25, it points out that she's poised, confident, and optimistic. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. So, once again, she makes good use of her time. She makes good use of her time. She doesn't waste a lot of time doing those things that don't amount to anything. As she takes care of her family, as she spins that cloth, as she makes those clothes... As she gives to the poor, she's using her time wisely, spending her time wisely, uh, so she's industrious. Uh, she's confident. She's optimistic that she will be. Um, she will be those things that she does. She will be building 
her family up and making her husband proud. In verse 26, that find, find this, this woman, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Again, here's a woman who is careful with her speech. She's careful with the words she chooses to use. She, she chooses to use those words that are going to build up. She chooses to use those words that are going to heal. She chooses to use those words that are going to be, uh, that others can, won't mind talking about and saying, you know, I got this information from so-and-so, and this is what she had to say. She was someone who's looked up to. It says that she is, uh, she opens her mouth with wisdom. So she's not just babbling, right? When she has something to say, people want to hear it. People want to hear it. It says, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. The law of kindness. Again, she is a, someone who knows how to treat other people. And she knows to treat other people with kindness. Why? It kind of goes back to that golden rule we read about in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, right? How do you want other people to treat you? Well, other people will treat you pretty much the way that you treat other people. So she was someone who wanted to be treated with kindness, and so she treated other people with kindness. She was very kind in her, in her spirit. And verse 27 points out that she is a watchful observer. She is a watch, she's paying attention to what's going on around her. She's paying attention to what's going on around her. If there are dangers, don't you know that she's going to be the first one to warn her children of the dangers? If there's dangers and she hears about those, don't you know that she's going to be one of the first to warn her husband about that very thing? So uh, it says she watches what? She watches over the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. I can just imagine, here's a woman who loves her children so much that she would warn them about maybe the kind of friends they should have, the kind of people they should run with. She would warn them about the words that come out of their mouth and how they too should practice active kindness and, and that sort of thing. But she says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She doesn't sit around and twiddle her thumbs and do nothing. She's going to make good use of her time. That's the kind of woman that the, 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 the Proverbs writer is writing about. Verses 28 and 29, getting close to the end of the chapter, says that her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, uh, and he praises her. See, because she is the kind of mom that she is, kind and caring, considerate, uh, saying the right words, her husband is going to hold her up and honor her her husband is going to speak well of her, and her children also will rise up and call her blessings. And her husband is going to praise her. Finally, in verse 30, it says that she's reverent. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Here's a woman who loves God and who loves doing his will. <clears throat> she has figured out, like the wise men said, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the whole duty of man and the whole duty of woman. I'll just add that, all right? The whole duty of man and the whole duty of woman is to fear God and to keep his commandments. She's figured that out, and she's doing that kind of So finally, in verse 31, says, what kind of honor will she receive by being the kind of woman that she is? 
says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Here's a woman who's not going to have to sing her own praise or, or pat herself on the back because her works are going to speak for her. Her works are going to speak for her. Her good deeds are going to speak for her. Her kindness is going to run ahead of her. Her love for God, for her family, for her children is going to run ahead of her. And she's the kind of woman that, uh, that all women should strive to be like. She is a woman who loves God. And she is the one who will bless her families and he will bless the church, will bless the communities in which she lives, and she will be a blessing to all those around about her. Thank you for being here tonight. That's the lesson for tonight. I see that we have folks gathering in the back of the room, and I, I think they're waiting to come on in. <laughs>